everybody, how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. The podcast inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music and feeling their desire to connect and feel accepted. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is a fantastic one. If you are in a band and you're trying to grow, if you're a creative and you're trying to grow, if you're anything and are trying to grow, this is going to be the episode for you because... Casey from the Wonder Years is coming in and dropping a whole bunch of knowledge on you. Before we jump in the podcast, though, I want to thank our sponsor, which is Phoenix Fitness. Yeah, we're still going crazy in those mosh fits, baby. You want to know why we love it? So we have to stay mosh pit fit. So how do we stay mosh pit fit here at the Core Progression Podcast? We hit the gym. I hit the gym like crazy. Six days a week, lift at least for two hours, doing cardio in there as well. So I'm constantly doing a lot of lifting, constantly a lot of cardio, so I can take those hits, I can deliver those hits, and I can keep going nonstop no matter what. But the one of the more important parts about saying Mosh Pit Fit is being able to prepare and recover right for the gym because you want to make sure your body is at its most optimal and recovers correctly so you can continue to do this on a day-in and day-out basis. So how do you say Mosh Pit Fit to prepare and recover right? You need to take care of your body, and that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in because they have many different types of products, supplements, everything to help to make sure you stay on your fitness goals or get Mosh Pit Fit. They have different types of pre-workout, both stim and stim-free stuff. You guys can see my energy already this late at night. Well, when I'm shooting this, even though you're probably looking at this anytime during the day, this is kind of late at night for me right now. So yeah, I've got this much energy. I don't need any extra caffeine. They have different types of B-cell recovery compounds to help you absorb nutrients after workout, creatine up your muscle, different types of protein, plant-based protein, collagen protein, whey protein. I use their whey chocolate malt flavor because, ooh, that's yummy. To build muscle, yeah. Different types of multivitamins, literally anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. So, our listeners to the Corporate Rush Podcast can help get Mosh Pit Fit by going to FNX Fitness, FNXFit.com, link to the podcast, and get 20% off using the code CPP20 at checkout. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now, time for a feature presentation on an episode that has me energized, supersized, and one that any creative can take a lot of value from. Are you guys ready for this one? Because I sure as hell am. Let's go! Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast. Today's guest is one hell of a special guest because not only is he a major player in the scene, but he's also doing a lot of great things to help out so many other artists and so many other bands get and achieve their goals as this guy. Lead guitarist of the band The Wonder Years. I mean, how awesome is that? Producer mixer at True Level Studio True Level Studios. Almost messed that up. Host of his own podcast called The Record Process Podcast. He's also an artist coach and music consultant. I mean, what hasn't this guy done? And I can't wait to talk to him all about a bunch of this stuff. So please, please, please welcome Casey Cavalier to the podcast. So, Casey, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thanks, dude. Uh, what a lovely introduction, man. I hope I live up to it, honestly. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. But uh, yes, um, when you roll it all out like that with that kind of enthusiasm, man, it um, it sounds like I uh, I should be a lot busier than I feel. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but uh, yes, it's all of those things are accurate. Um, and honestly, what's funny enough is uh, don't worry about the true level studio thing. Um, cause, uh, doing a lot of what I do these days, especially post pandemic, um, it's been given a lovingly shove into remote, uh, production work as well. So I'm not always at the studio. Actually, I moved, um, the studio is located, uh, right outside of Philadelphia, but I, I have been Atlanta based for the last, um, 
a year and a half or so. So a lot of the things that I've done have either been remote or, you know, kind of like flying back home and in and out. So no worries on that. But yes, um, guilty as charged on all accounts, man. Happy to happy to be here and chat. Oh, I'm happy to have you because I looked at the laundry list. I'm just like, my God, this is absolutely incredible with everything that you've done. And the thing that really brought more attention for me to you was all of a sudden, I think I started seeing on Instagram, some of the shorts been posting. All of a sudden, I'm like, I see this guy liking this stuff. Let's go check it. I'm like, oh shoot, this is the Glee Guitars for the Wonder Years. This is freaking awesome. But then seeing all the posts that you made about giving as much advice as possible, a lot of different guys, coaching tips to many different bands and artists around literally anything around their music when it comes to growing their music, when it comes to releasing their music, just certain things to look out for, certain pitfalls. I looked at that and I just thought, this is something that we definitely need in the music scene today. We need people that are going to be there to help all these other bands out, just kind of give them tips and tricks of things that they've learned so that they don't end up, they can prevent certain types of failures from potentially happening. Yeah, I mean, um, so the origin of all of this, right, goes back um, to kind of like, uh, we'll say like pre-pandemic days a little bit, um, kind of in, in like starting starting out with um, like putting True Level together, putting that space together and doing a lot more uh, production work and, and, and mix work with other bands, whether, you know, they were local or, you know, remote stuff or, or bands coming into town for it. And uh Yes, the general thought, or at least the thought that I began having after, you know, kind of being approached by a few artists that I would work with, whether it was track a single, do an EP, uh, or a record, is inevitably a couple weeks after we finished, a couple, you know, month or two after we finished, I- I'd get a couple texts, <laughs> uh, a long-winded email, whatever it was, being like, yo, what are your thoughts on this? How should we, like, pace the releasing? What kind of, you know, assets should we prioritize? And a lot of other questions that go along with like releasing music. And but especially these were um, or at least in most cases were independent bands. Right. You know, bands that were not signed, bands that uh, did not yet have any sort of management, agents, representation. They were doing it all themselves, which is something that. uh I personally can at least relate to a little bit because that is how Wonder Years started out uh, in a very DIY kind of fashion, right? Um, You know, kind of creating or at least trying to do so, creating our own luck, right? Um, In a a bit of a way, for lack of a better phrase. So, yes, um, the pandemic supercharged that because for an extended period of time when I could not be in the studio, uh, I, I kind of took stock of, well, what else can I do effectively via this lovely program? that we are in right now called Zoom. And as it turned out, it was a bit of that conversational, um, almost advice giving end to musicians and artists that I had already built, you know, built a relationship with, built a rapport with. Um, And then eventually, yes, I kind of took stock and said, hey, there is a really negative stigma uh, especially within our distinct like punk emo, like general scene uh, of advice givers that are, you know, call them suits, call them like kind of ponytails, whatever, you know, um, whatever you want. It has a bit of a slimy, like artist development, like whatever. It feels like you're getting sold a bill of goods that you'll want to return immediately. Um, and it feels a little like snake oily, right. uh, At times. And I, and I felt like there was a, a real opportunity for at least me. And at this point in my life, having been lucky enough with, uh, you know, a career that spanned like two plus decades at this point. And I wake up every day still and I'm like, holy shit, I guess this, I guess this is my job, Um, you know, uh, to, to kind of turn it around and say, what, if anything, 
can I pass down to anybody that's willing to listen, that's willing to, you know, there are no shortcuts, as I like to say, but that's willing to kind of at least ask some bigger, better questions about themselves and where they want to go with their music. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the origin story and how it came to then eventually getting, you know, put forward uh, on a platform like Instagram, uh, as you kind of started to see, because, yeah, it's like these were conversations and things that I was noticing uh, a lot that would come up in conversations with some of the bands that I would coach or kind of, you know, work with on their project like EP releases, album releases, or just kind of general growth strategies. And yeah, um, you know, that's a very long-winded answer, but it, it was a long-winded journey um, and it's still evolving. So yeah, but there, I, I did think there was a need for something that was a little bit more uh, honest and authentic and, and someone that wasn't trying to like sell a course or like a one-size-fits-all kind of solution <laughs> to a problem that can be very tiring and complex for creatives. Yeah, because anytime you get a creative involved, I mean, even from the podcast space too, I've pretty much uh, have experienced stuff like that as well, where there's plenty of people that say they can do certain things for you. They can help you build on whatever project you're working on, whether it's a song, whether it's album EP, you know, build up certain credentials so that when you get to release that music, all of a sudden, okay, now you're getting the streams, now you're getting the follows, you're getting the listens, you're getting all that stuff. But I do understand where you're coming from too, where especially in the punk emo alternative scene, there's always going to be that like question about it because okay now it's you're trying to sell me something what's that going to entail and is it going to be something that i actually want because in the end is it going to be just overinflated streams on a song all of a sudden for the first week oh yeah it's going well and then all of a sudden now it's just like that just growth is just stagnated what's the best way to go about that and of course you never are exactly sure but coming from your at from your perspective i mean you've had a career that's planned two plus decades as a musician going through the ropes of being, you know, on the DIY side early on with the Wonder Years and then going through the motions and going through the experience of being a full touring band, a full-fledged nationally touring band, sometimes internationally as well, then producing music as well, working with these other bands to get that side of it. And then, you know, having people ask you all these different questions in terms of, okay, what am I going to do here? What am I supposed to do here? And watching the content that you've put out there it's you're giving it in such a way where we know exactly where you're coming from because you have gone through this stuff. You have experienced this stuff yourself. On top of that, it's, I mean, the biggest key that I took away was the presentation of it because you didn't really hold anything back and you were very upfront and honest around everything you do with that type of content. So even for myself, you know, even take a look at some of the stuff you put out there, think about from the podcasting side, I'm like, you know, you make a lot of great points and it's just the authenticity that comes through the way you present it, because we know that you've gone through this stuff. We know you've experienced it. We know you're the person that we probably want to talk to about this stuff and the way you're giving it out to everybody. I mean, it's something where every band should probably be following you at this point, just saying, okay, we can take these different, you know, these tips, these ideas, these potentially, you know, stay away from this because of this reason. You're not just saying stay away from this stuff or go for this stuff. You're actually giving the context behind it, which is such an important thing that a lot of people that are trying to be in that, you know, developmental or or that help space sometimes don't really do. Yeah, and I think that's really important, right? Uh that's kind of where I uh I wanted to if I was if I was going to put out some of these ideas and and sure, it's it, it there are plenty of bands, plenty of artists that are either not receptive to it or aren't really looking for it or think that they have the answer and that's fine and maybe they do, right? I'm not, I'm not here and and I am not in a any kind of position to uh 
to tell someone that they are doing it uh, incorrectly if they don't want to listen to feedback, right? You know what I mean? But I wanted to approach it in an honest way where, um, you know, I, I have developed a bit of a, a general uh, holistic philosophy in terms of how to approach something from a long term perspective, right? Um, uh, and a lot of the metrics that you mentioned, and a lot of the things that that many bands, for understandable reasons, um, are focused on and uh and gear their efforts towards are are kind of short-term wins right and yes you know it's good to have goals on the horizon right but i i what i what i tend to preach and what i have found very valuable and realized and only something like hindsight can kind of really um illuminate for me uh, on the back end is the things that i really valued in the choices that i made and we made uh, as a band with wonder years and that i've seen other bands that have been around for a very long time and made music that really lasts and really makes an impact. Um, you know, I, I want to try to help bands if I can look at the way they approach everything that they're doing from that perspective, instead of having um, a rather short-sighted approach to just trying to inflate streams or get a, buy a bunch of fake followers on Instagram, you know, to pretend that there's an, a layer of social proof when approaching booking it. It's like, the majority of those things are, you know, people are not uh, are not dumb. They're not going to be fooled by. It's the same thing that we dealt with back in uh, when we came up as a band. It was MySpace. It just wasn't Spotify or Instagram, right? But people were still like using bots to inflate their daily play counts. So people thought that the, you know, it's like, but ultimately, like you get found out when a promoter books you for a show and nobody comes, right? So it's like I, I it's I try to like. I try to look at things that we have used that we have seen and that I have had plenty of, of opportunities to hear other people around the industry, whether it be on the label end of things, managers, agents, talk about what they've seen and what they look for in artists truthfully so that artists have a better idea of, you know, where to put their efforts and energy. And most of the time it's, it's in really simple and not always super sexy, like, you know, secret hacks. Right. And I think that's another thing kind of <laughs> that you mentioned that um, I, I always try to be careful of, and especially in a space, whether, you know, on social media, it's very easy to fall into that um, very like top tier you know, kind of funnel trap, right? Where it's, you're not actually like giving anything. You're just, you know, kind of kicking it down the road or um, it feels very salesy at a certain point. And I think uh, the culture and the scene and especially musicians and creatives, it, it, they uh, they see that and they see right through a lot of those things, right? So if I'm going to put something out there, I want it to at least feel like I, I think it can actually help a, a good portion of people. Right. And even if it just helps one person, even if it just finds one band or one songwriter at the right time when they're considering hanging it up or pausing, you know, the creative process, whatever it might be, uh, that is ultimately my hope. And you mentioned the record process, which is a podcast that we're, um, we're about to launch season four of, um, later this month and very excited about the track list on that, uh, truthfully, but, that was pretty much um, spawned out of that exact feeling uh, of knowing what it what it is to be someone that creates music and grapples with the uncertainty of a career path in that, you know, um, it's not cut and dry. There are plenty of days and I'll be the first to admit it that I was like, 
what the fuck am I doing? I should just, I got to <laughs> give this up. This is insane. Right. Um, and I truthfully, I still have those days. Right. Um, but the, I think the first idea of whether it's you're talking about the broader conversation of mental health or you're talking about it in the lane of, you know, trying to be a professional musician and write original material that resonates with people. Sometimes you need a boost and need to know that you're not alone and the things that you're feeling, those fears, those uncertainties, those vulnerabilities that you're grappling with are normal. And there, you could actually like in some ways turn them into a strength or use them as, uh, as guardrails to let you know, Hey, you are, and if you're, if you're testing yourself and you're feeling that kind of resistance, um, as some authors will call it, then you're, you're in a good place. And that means you're actually growing. That means you're actually doing something and heading in a direction that's worthwhile. If you're, if you're trying to pick off all these easy solutions and shortcuts and it all feels like it's just, Oh, there's a simple solution. Oh, that's how you do that. No, like it's probably not the case, right? You know, if it's too good to be true, it is, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's like, you know, preaching the idea of hard work too. I don't pretend to have all the solutions to every single solitary problem ever created uh, and put in front of an artist. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think sometimes it's it's more about forming uh, the tools and, and how to think about it and how to approach problems like that and and how to understand yourself better as an artist to tackle whatever comes at you, right? Oh, absolutely. You need to build up on those tools. And even from like my perspective as well, just from the podcast, it, it, I've had the same issues too. And I've fallen into some of those traps as well. I'm not going to lie because you take a look at, you're always comparing yourselves to other people, especially in the day and age of social media. And with the Wonder Years, you guys started out in the early stages that with MySpace. And of course, with how prominent it was, especially for the scene, you know, between let's say like 2004, 2005 and 2008, with 2007 being like the peak year for it. But it really got a lot of these things kickstarted. And everyone's focused in on, you know, they want to have that, they want to have the ability to be discovered, especially. So you're going to try and find a way to increase your follower count on whatever this Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok is a big one too, especially with how prominent that has become in the scene. Try and get those streaming numbers up, try and get those subscriber counts up on your YouTube channel, get the views up on your music videos, try and get all that stuff there. And sometimes some of those easier decisions and those easier modes like, hey, you know, this could get you this. It might seem like, you know, the outcome seems like it's sexy on the front end. But what the key is, what's going to be the thing that's going to really be behind it? And a lot of people in, in the, uh, a lot of fans, they'll be able to look at that and say, okay, you know, you've got, let's say 11,000, 12,000 followers. And you post them online, you get like three likes on it on a song. It's like, well, w what's really going on here? And then people kind of see that and it's kind of adds a little bit more of a, can start to add a little bit of a stigma to the band as well. It's like, are they just taking the easy way out? Are they just trying to pay for this stuff? What's going on here? And when you're talking about hard work, yeah, this is all going to be hard work and you have to build up the tools to do that. And it does help with the fact that when you know that there are other people that are consistently struggling with some of the same instances that you are, especially in the music industry, everyone starts out at level zero. No one just starts out as, you know, okay, you're, you're going to just get together as a band. You've been a band for two weeks. All right, now go and tour with Metallica. It doesn't happen like that. You got to build up. You got to keep up building those tools. And as you do that, your mindset's going to end up changing to the point where, oh shoot, I got to start building up on the base of a lot of these things, create a certain strategy when it comes to song release, when it comes to albums, when it comes to just, when it comes to the shows and when it comes to creating content, especially online, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you guys are using, 
there has to be some sort of a plan behind there. And the more you figure out some of these things and build up these tools, the more your mind morphs into a mindset around thinking these things in a certain way to the point where you're going to start looking at different problems that you thought were probably problems a year ago. And you're already going to see them as potential strengths and solutions going forward. Right. I mean, you know, you said it and you, um, you're a perfect example, you know, building a show on whatever, in whatever medium it is, right. You know, it's like you, you've, probably have a lot of experiences and you've grappled with a lot of these similar things, building this show, showing up consistency is a huge thing for creatives and what that means. And that is, that might be, uh, be different for every different phase of the process as you, as you work through a career as an artist, right. And you might see some cycles, you know, start to repeat themselves and learn from them and get a little bit wiser over time, but it never means, you know, that it will be easy. Right. Um, and it's always kind of a shift. And so you learn a lot of lessons that way. Right. And it's interesting too. I've, I've drawn a lot of parallels, um, starting a podcast, starting the show, the record process. Right. Um, and figuring out and understanding the identity of it is, is very similar in a lot of ways to starting a band, you know, you're starting from the ground, from the ground up and you're you're making a lot of the creative decisions you're deciding what you do want to do how you do want to present something how you don't want to present something right um and what kind of influences you're going to let in right for us it's what guests it's what albums what stories we want to tell and, and trying to curate uh you know our seasonal track list if you will i've been using that analogy and it feels um pretty uh like on point um and the more i think about it and it uh in that way it actually it doesn't mean that it's that there's not work in it right it's actually takes quite a lot of time because i try to take my time and be really thoughtful about reflecting on the conversations we have and anybody that's listened to the show before or is checking out maybe the new season will understand what i you know what i mean by that and um and we also try to let it as you probably do unfold in its own way and uh, i am not uh barbara walters you know what i mean like I, i'm a guy that really loves talking music and talking shop talking gear but i also had to learn a lot about how to kind of craft that and carve that into a lane that I felt could help people and would be interesting and would do a lot of the same things that some of my favorite podcasts and, um, you know, blogs and other outlets do very well, which is inspire me as a creative and motivate me and also educate me with, you know, new tools and, um, and new perspectives. Right. So, um, it's, it's been very interesting and I'm sure you share a lot of that. Right. And, and I think the biggest thing that I have now learned, especially challenging myself and stepping into a new space and, uh, and, you know, something that shares a lot of crossover with something, with the, the things that I've learned how to do, um, in terms of like being a musician, being in a band, right. Playing that role, um, being a part of that kind of team is that, you know, it feels like I'm an independent artist now starting, you know, a new show, right? So I can relate to a lot of those things. And and even though I've spent a good portion of our career with Wonder Years on a label, um, you know, the new kind of modern landscape for musicians, I think, um, you know, is redefining the narrative and, and the idea of what it means to be a successful artist and what that path looks like. Right. Um, and the, the idea is that, that is, you know, technology has clearly filled 
um, a huge void, right? That used to be a barrier. That used to be a separation. You couldn't make a great record that sounded incredible unless you had money. And normally that was a label's money. The label played the bank. That's not necessarily the case, right? Or at least in the very, you know, the people behind that, the knowledge base, right, is is a is an important thing. But uh, now it's actually more a better internal understanding. And I think, unfortunately, what I see in this kind of all circles back to the podcast and and the the need that I started to see where maybe I could try to honestly help some bands that I thought had really good songs and were struggling with that frustration of, well, what the fuck? Like we, <laughs> you know, like our shit's great. It's done by the same people that have done all of these other bands that we look up to. They're successful. Why not us? Right. And that's a, that's a common thing that I hear. And there is so much noise and so much because of technology has stripped away that right. That now uh, the modern artist has to, in a lot of ways, especially from an independent standpoint, at least at the beginning of their career has to act function more like a Swiss army knife creative, you know, instead of just like a finely tuned one blade samurai sword, you know, which was kind of what it was like, Hey, they know how to do this. That Mick Jagger can like, can do this, can perform and a label will figure everything else out. That's not, that's not the case. And I think uh, a lot of artists don't necessarily realize how much, if you take a band, whether it be, you know, let's see a band, a success story from our space, a band like fallout boy, right? Because they've just, mm-hmm. you know, come back and have refound their emo roots, uh, <laughs> you know, um, with a new track, but like they would be the first to tell you, they are the visionaries and they are the ones that are driving so much of the narrative of the creative. It's not just, they don't just hand a record to the label and say, go figure out what we do with this. They have ideas. They come with it. They know themselves. They know their music. They know their audience. They know their, you know, their fan base. And they, you know, have a better holistic understanding of their career and ultimately of their brand, right? Because Fall Out Boy is, is a brand in its own way, right? Just like at this point, like Nike, Balenciaga, whatever it is, right? Um, and so that's also kind of part of what I try to discuss and, and unpack with a lot of bands is how to look at yourself uh, as a brand and not in like a overly like, you know, capitalist consumer money driven kind of way, but in the idea of, you know, a brand is what people feel when they think about you or someone says your name. Right. And that's, that's kind of how I, um, I try to unpack a lot of these ideas because nowadays you have to go further than just stopping at the song. And letting that be be it, you you kind of you get a chance almost. I'd say um, you know the obstacle is almost the way. A lot of people are like, I don't want to fucking be a content creator, right? It's like content is just another word for art. It's just a different medium that allows you to expand on the song, the story you're telling, and how you want it to impact people, right? So don't look at it as another chore. Look at it as now all of the tools are in front of you to do something with another whole dimension in it and a platform that you can serve it directly to someone's pocket, which is insane to think about. Right. So, and it's a lot of power and it it can be very overwhelming. Right. And that's not to say that every artist needs to be a master music video creator and, you know, a master video editor, but the ones that can learn how to do at least one or two of those, and then focus on how to delegate and build a team of other independent creatives around them. 
they're going to be the ones that are going to really gain some momentum very quickly. And they're going to build a whole team that's scalable when their music gets there and finally starts gaining that traction. And that's, I think what's even more important and what, you know, ultimately uh, a lot of, a lot of people nowadays, I mean, labels are struggling as well. Their business model is completely flipped upside down, right? So they they are no longer looking for something that has potential. They're trying to find something and say, hey, we know that this is working. We can scale it, right? It's the same way it's like another like large mega corporation will look at a small business and say, your business is working. We would like to purchase your business and make it 10 times as big, right? You know, pouring gasoline on a fire is the phrase that I use a lot, but you got to start that fire. So, um, so yeah, you know, and there's, there's a lot, man, but it, it really charges me up. And, um, and every conversation with every band, just like playing the producer hat and getting inside the songs is incredible. And what, you know, what people are putting out there of themselves. Um, you know, I have a lot of the same conversations even though we don't, you know, listen to a single note of music, right? It's it's mm-hmm. the extension of all those things. And most of the time I'm pulling up lyrics, we're referencing things, we're talking through, you know, kind of conceptualizing how to frame an entire strategy around something. And it all centers from the work, right? And the work in this case is writing great songs. And that is where I think most people should put their time, but most people know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I'm just trying to provide a mirror up to what they, you know, might bring or might put in front of me. And and it's really, it's fulfilling to me personally, but also I, I hope that it is able to take some of these, you know, bands might, that, that, that might, as you said, like get frustrated, not know where to go, be overwhelmed with the amount of like noise and people yelling at them, do this, don't do that on YouTube or a lot of conflicting ideologies when it comes to digital marketing, like running ads, should we? Yes, no, right? You know, um, that's a decision for every for every band to make. I just want them to be able to make an educated one, you know, and, and maybe it's that simple, so. It might be that simple. I think the best thing you said in that whole entire thing was when it comes to a band, when it comes to releasing stuff, when it comes to having that strategy, to be that Swiss army knife and not just that one completely razor sharp samurai sword. Because especially if you're a younger man, independent band, there is a lot more that you have to put in there than you would, especially if you were on a record label or if you were one of those prominent bands on those record labels. You have to do as much as possible in order to break through the noise because with Spotify, with the streaming services, and with social media, there is so much more ability to be discovered because there's less people that are involved in the process. But on the flip side, there is so many more people and so much more noise you have to find a way to cut through. It's how do you do it? And I've seen some independent, I've seen some bands that I've had on the podcast that are either independent or start independent that have done something like that where they've been able to create a certain identity around their band where there is just something else. There's something there that attracts other people to them outside of the music. One of the first bands ever uh, had on the podcast, a band called Kim Collapse out of San Antonio, Texas. Their ability to just consistently connect with every one of their fans on more of a singular basis has really brought them more into promise. Where they they won their first like full headlining run last year. It was awesome to see. I got to interview uh, the guys from Avoid before they like really took off and got signed to Thriller, and it was just like watching them just go off and just have as much fun as possible with their content. Just make it as goofy as possible and have it be like just kind of like a living cartoon in a way. The way they go about their things, they're just goofy as all hell, but. 
just seeing how they've been able to maximize on that and just create little small videos around here and there, little funny posts around here and there, just making their art as fun as possible. It attracts people to them. So there's an added bonus there. Or I just did a podcast with a guy named Tom for a band patient 67 from Australia. They're constantly just posting fun things online, but the comments are constantly going back and forth between people. They're showing how much they care about people. And they want to build up a certain community around them. So the point where all of a sudden, you know, they put out a post where they want to go and play a music festival uh, in Virginia in September. And they said, hey, maybe we'll give it a shot. Two months later, boom, they're on the bill because the fans were pushing for it and the fans wanted it. So there's so much more that has to be done. But the one other thing you said that stood out to me was, when people think of content creation, it's whenever you hear that word, it seems so much more of a formulaic type thing. It seems like it's something you have to do. And it seems like more of a machine that kind of just stifles, you know, creativity because it's content, content, content. But when you said it was something like art and just taking it and think of it as art because you're making different videos, you're making your posts, you're putting, even though you're, you might want to focus on the songs, which you absolutely should, Think of it as an extension to the song, an extension to the record, an extension to yourself for the people that kind of get to know more about your art, yourself, your band, everything around there, just through that extra piece that you might be putting out there. Whether it is a video, maybe it's you're good at making music videos and you just get a you get good at that, you get good at all the editing and stuff. Great, go for it. Maybe your maybe your strong suit is, hey, we've got these ideas for for TikTok. Why don't we just try some of these things that might end up working on TikTok? What happens if you guys just become a great a presence on TikTok? That's where a lot of the attention is. So if you guys are able to make that for yourselves and become a presence on there, more people are gonna be drawn to the music because they're gonna wanna know more of what you have to offer if they like the stuff that they're seeing and they're discovering on these different platforms that gives them a chance to find out about you that isn't directly from just the music. Yeah, you know, and what I... Uh... What I often, um, what I often think about, and, and what I find myself um, offering up as a as an interesting kind of mindset shift is the idea that, like, you don't. I think a lot of people um, see uh, and and have like kind of demonized the idea of content because, like you said, like they they think about it um, as something formulaic, uh, something that symbolizes kind of like pandering or like, you know, really being like the bottom of the barrel, low hanging fruit stuff um, and trying to like just make an ass of yourself in the hopes that something goes viral. And that that really um, that really, I I think, at least in how I view it, um, fitting into an artist's career couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, if you're approaching it right, uh, just like you want to, you know, wake up every day and grapple with the problems of how do I finish this song and how do I, where do I go from this chorus into this, you know, this bridge or this, you know, this next phase to tell this idea, um, and tell this story, it should be the same way if, if you're voice and every band has a different one, right? Some use humor, some uh, every band, if you if you are going to look at these platforms as opportunities to show a different side of yourself, then yeah, then maybe TikTok is a bit more of the lighthearted way, um, you know, to let that little self-aware, humorous portion of yourself out and, and just run a little wild and give that. Then maybe uh, on the flip side, maybe something like Instagram is a little bit more of a of a tailored place that you say, hey, this is where we want like our really like cohesive ideas and our elevated stuff that's a little bit more curated to flow. Um, 
and there's such a vast, you know, wide array of that. So it does not mean that you have to like shoot for a viral hit every time you should populate your ecosystem, these pages, these worlds with things that really help elevate why people should follow along with you. What is happening in real time? Uh, What are you about? What are your values as an artist? Right. What like maybe it's not even necessarily about the movement. Maybe some of these bands like, you you know, like you um, mentioned are part of other lifestyle communities or other movements, right. That they're really passionate about. Um, And maybe the conversation is not even about the music. The music actually becomes a backdrop in some of these posts to other things that are a reflection of the culture, right. Um, Art is ultimately kind of like a reflection of, you know, the culture and the moment and, and humanity in, in its own way. So let it be that for you, you just need to figure out what your voice is as an artist. And that's one of the things that I have a lot of fun kind of pulling out in one-on-one sessions with a lot of bands and saying, Hey, like, this is not me, you know, this is not me being like, this is exactly the formula that has worked for other bands in your genre. So you should go do this. Right. I think that's very lazy. And I, it hurts me when I see independent labels or, you know, that, that don't have any other idea. It's like the creativity doesn't stop at making the record. It, it only, you know, just gets going because marketing and promoting a record is also, you know, a way to get people talking even before they hear the music and become obsessed with the songs. Right. You know, of like these really like viral marketing campaigns. And I use that word because viral, I think people, people think of like some weird, like Gen Z person doing a (laughs) fucked up dance. Right. You know, it's (laughs) not that it is, it is much more than that. Um, You know, it is something where, you know, doing something remarkable and unorthodox while still being authentic. It is an idea more than anything else that I think will catch people's attention nowadays. And look at all, look at, a platform that is made full of dances, that is a pattern. That is an opportunity for you to interrupt that pattern as an artist, right? And that is where people get noticed and where incredible creatives have an opportunity and see opportunities where everybody else sees oversaturation, right? Um, so that is that is also part of the, the challenge that I wake up to and that I love jumping into, um, you know, kind of one-on-one sessions with bands to, to unpack what that means for them with each album over a long-term perspective and try to refocus, um, you know, their their efforts and attention on, on the things that will matter right and it's it's figuring those kinds of things out much more than just how do i get more engagement on how do i get this you know more likes on this post right it's like yeah that's a very small part of it but if you figure out some of the other questions that you're asking that'll all flow downhill into everything that you do and put out right so um you know it's not always a, a quick fix right it's not yeah. like fix a flat or it's not um flex it's not part of the f- it's a whole family of products, right? If we're talking about Flex Seal, right? You know, yeah. it's not what it's not the one product, it's the family, the Flex Seal family of products. If nobody knows what I'm talking about, please go Google Flex Seal <laughs> family of products and watch that infomercial. It's amazing. <laughs> um but yeah, it's like that's a great example where it's it's not just one thing. It's it's kind of the, a whole idea. But yeah, man, it's um 
it's really good and it's and it's important because it is it is frustrating and it is hard to maintain as you said consistency you know um in what you're doing and to show up and and fight through that it it is hard to maintain that because i've struggled with it myself and even for time to the podcast too it's i've gone i'm going in this year and it's just i looked at some things looked at some metrics things were going well there's some things that weren't going well and at times I looked at what was working. Okay, good. What's not working. Sometimes it's stuff that's at the absolute base or core of what I'm doing. It's okay. What needs to be fixed? And sometimes you got to break that stuff down and yeah, it might lead to some changes that you're not, you know, necessarily comfortable with because you've been doing certain things for so long, but being able to break that down is something that's absolutely needed. There's one thing I really want to ask you, especially just kind of this conversation before, because I know you got another interview, you got to go to right after this. So I don't want to end up making you late for that, but one thing that I've seen other many creatives struggle with, not just in the music space or even in our podcast space, but in any other space, well, when especially when it comes to the social media side of things, thinking about it with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, those are all completely different platforms. And we kind of spoke about it a little bit. TikTok, it's just like, you know, kind of gives you the fun side of stuff, a platform that was built off of lip syncing and dancing and see where it went from there. Instagram being more of like a certain curated kind of style. Then you have Facebook and Twitter in there as well. You're going to want to appeal to those places and to those audiences in a different manner than just a one size fits all. Like you said, you're going to want different parts of the Flex Seal family of products and not just use the spray where you can put it on a uh, on a screen door on the bottom of a boat and still somehow float. No, it's not going to work for everything. So when bands and artists come to you and they ask certain ideas around, you know, with social content, given that there's many different types of social media plant, uh, I you know, platforms out there what kind of things you tell about in terms of not specifics but like when it comes to knowing how to properly use those platforms to maximize on what they're trying to put out there so that they can grow a consistent following and continue to grow as musicians grow their songs be able to actually have substance behind there so that they have the they have those numbers and those metrics but when they go out and play those live shows then it's like they're playing it and now the people are showing up because they've built that community. What's kind of some of the things you, uh, I would say suggest or kind of think around that. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that's a great question, right? It's, and that's one, yeah, that is, that is a very, uh, large part of what gets asked and what, uh, I think people, um, if you're in a band grapple with, like, how do I grow those platforms? What I, the first thing that I would remind them, right. Is that, uh, those numbers that you see that you follow and watch every day uh, on those metrics are human beings, right? Um, and ultimately, it is a quality over quantity game if you actually want to build a career and build a brand that has fans and an audience that is so devout and respects them so much that they are willing to patronize and support the creation of further art, right? So the first thing that I would say is it's no longer about just one single, right? It's not just a bit, it's not a win or lose battle. I, I, I used to like, you go back to high school, right? You have multiple exams, right? A final exam. It's like, it's rarely is it just a pass or fail, right? You get a you get a number grade, right? Say you get like, oh, I got a 71. Okay, C minus. Like, you know, well, it's not it's not great, but it's it's definitely not failing, you know. Um, I didn't fail, right? And I think that's where uh 
a lot of that can be learned is that it's all shades of gray in how you use that and what you're watching and what metrics you're paying attention to and why. So I, I say like quality of engagement and on each platform, this is a little different, of course, right? You know, but what assets and what visual accompaniments can you plan even small little bits that correlate with maybe the exact song or maybe something that's tangentially related to the song, right? A greater, a larger conversation that the song kind of might, you know, tap into momentarily, right? You know, a little fragment of a, of a piece of it or the setting or where the song was, was written, was inspired, the reason behind it, and then extrapolating beyond that, right? So it's, it's, less about, Hey, please go listen to this. Hey, please go listen to this. And this is what I see a lot of, and I'm sure you do too. And, and, you know, probably plenty of your fan base, if they're in bands, see a lot of their friends doing the same thing and, and it's all well and good, you know, but ultimately the platforms can be used for way more than just sell, 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 sell. At a certain point, social media has to be social for it to be effective and for you to use it effectively. So you've got to start listening. You've got to start asking. You've got to start actually responding to people and paying attention to the feedback that they are giving you. And I mean that in the sense of if you're getting crickets, that's actually people speaking by not speaking, right? By not liking your post, by not engaging, by not sharing it, by not whatever. So, um, Learning from that, if you learn from it and can revamp what you're doing and say, hey, maybe this isn't, you know, interesting or unique enough, maybe I can do better or maybe I can approach something differently, right? Um, that is, I think, the greater skill set to shoot for, right? As opposed to, hey, this post like jumped off, right? Because people, they, there's an entire platform an entire world of like handful of people that just overnight all of a sudden had like a quarter of a million more followers on TikTok or on whatever platform. But most of them, if it was really, if they, if it's something that they want to actually continue on with, you better hope that they figured out something that they were good at or that they really had a brand. Cause if it's a fluke, those numbers go down just as quick as they shoot. Oh, up, yeah. You know, and that's the first thing that anybody will tell you. And that is what I don't want any bands to see. And if you do get there, I want it to be because you stumbled onto the perfect cross section of something that was decidedly you in a voice that you felt authentic about and in an interesting presentation, you know, um, and that hits all of those metrics because that is something that is sustainable that you can do and continue to evolve across decades it's not something that you're going to be like cool now everybody knows me as like the teddy bear dance guy i hate my life um <laughs> i'm not you know what i mean like no money in the world could uh you know get me to wake up and continue to do this for more than a week right so um so i, I guess the, the long-winded um thing that you know that i've been laying out it kind of distills down to the idea of yes looking for quality engagements and depth rather than volume, um, which is a big one, right? So hearing what people are saying about it and learning from it, responding to it, that doesn't mean go write a different song or go write something inauthentic that you can't stand behind. It just means how are people viewing it, you know, and, and is it, are you communicating an idea? Well, right. Are you, are you making good art and is it evoking and eliciting a reaction and to look at it that way, 
And ultimately, this is what I preach because I don't claim to be any Twitter master, any Instagram master, any TikTok master. Anybody will see it's like, no, that is not where I have put my time. I've put my time into like wonder years and in studio, you know, creation and understanding an artistic vision and uh, and pulling that through, but also uh, in understanding how to approach and tell stories, right? And how to do it cohesively. And I've realized that that kind of extrapolates to a lot of the promotional end of things that a lot of independent label or artists don't get because they don't have a label. And labels are usually ones that kind of stir them along to uh, and bring in a bit of that business acumen, right? So I would have to say, get in, you just got to get in the ring and look at it all as an experiment don't be afraid to experiment right it's not it's not as serious as you might think it is if this next post doesn't hit just because you spent five times as long on it do not take it personally just learn from it and control what you can and take action on that and let the rest go right and know that it's just going to be an experiment i I talked to a lot of bands um you know that are you know that are taking like a digital marketing approach to as part of their campaign right and um you know purchasing ads running you know paid traffic trying to find new audiences uh for their stuff right uh if if it is relevant and if you know the quality of the product has shown itself to be you know worthwhile and worth doing so but I even say it's like even the best digital marketers would say, we don't know what's going to work, right? Like we have some ideas. We have some good hunches. And the more you do it on a consistent basis, the the more refined those hunches mm-hmm. might get. But they're still not 100% sure. They're still, even at the top of the top, going to say, let's take a bunch of these pieces and let's play trial and error and let's run them all against each other and see which ones perform, see which ones people really do respond to right and maybe it's this video versus that video and who knows right and 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 being being able to have the courage to say it's not failing if i if i figure out 99 ways to not screw in a light bulb you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so so that's kind of where uh i would say and, and how i treat um the idea of social media and all of the different platforms because, and I, and I, and I do this and I approach it this way because there will be another one, right? Like mm-hmm. it does not end with TikTok. And I have learned this in my, you know, not quite old age, but even as we said, coming out of like pure volume, MySpace and seeing the evolution of all these streams, it only teaches you that there will always be another one, right? Mm-hmm. So why would you want to learn how to master one of them very specifically if that might not be relevant in five years, 10 years, instead master how you think about utilizing each one and how you think about your story and you think about your brand as an artist. And then whatever platform comes along, you can start to like generate that creative presence of, well, what would be an interesting way for me to use this given what I know about my story and my relationship with my fans. Right. So, um, so that is kind of how I approach that in general. Um, but yeah, it's it's on a case-by-case basis too, right? Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, some people have different capacities than others, truthfully. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and there's a couple, one thing that I want to say before we close this out, because I know you got to go to your next one, is what you talked about was like the social content of, you know, you're, it's a, there's a social interaction there. And I remember reading the book from Gary Vee was jab, 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 right hook, where it was give, 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 give all the value. And then when you're ready, like say you release that song, release that album, 
Don't try and take or sell. It's give, 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 and then ask. You want to create that value. So all of a sudden, you're creating this connection between you and your fans, the people that are following online. And then when you release something, it's, you know, you have that connection, you have that strong buildup. So they want to help you out. They want to help you out. They don't feel, they don't feel like they're forced to. They have this, they feel like more obliged to because you've given them so much. So why don't they just help you out a little bit? And I've started to really focus in on that more for 2023 myself because I've always known about it, but I, I will admit I got freaking lazy on it and starting to gear up on it. It's, it does take some time. It does take energy, but it definitely is tried and true because you create that connection. But Casey, as we bring this podcast so we get to your next interview as well. I always like to give my guests a chance, in this case you, a chance to do whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So the floor is yours. Oh, well, uh, I guess this is, this is an easy one here. Um, I, uh, whenever, I'm not sure when this will air, but um, I guess one, yes, maybe I'll see anybody uh, in a city near you. Uh, I'll be on tour for, um, you know, the better part of February through March. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And uh, also, um, if this is coming out after February 21st, then that means that we have hit the ground running with season four of the record process. So do tap in and follow along wherever most likely you are listening to this lovely show. Um, and uh, follow myself and my co-host Tom Conran and the record process on Instagram. That is generally where we are most active, um, you know, in terms of putting assets out there and little digestible nuggets that, you know, give you a little previews of the show. Um, but yeah, we work really hard on it. And again, the goal, uh, of that is not only to have fun, uh, and have some really cool conversations with people that are making some really great lasting music, but to talk about how they do it, why they do it and the, the hoops that they have to jump through. And hopefully in doing so, um, learn a little bit uh, and feel reinvigorated and re-energized every time we, uh, every time we come out of the arena, you know? So um, mm -hmm. I know I do. So that's, I'm trying to pass that feeling along, you know what I mean? Uh, and then anybody else, if, you know, if that's for some reason, not enough, you can find more about uh, some of the stuff that we mentioned uh, at my website, which is just my name, caseycavalier.com. There's an E on the end of Cavalier. That's weird, but it's me. <laughs> it's weird, but it's your name. Now, let's have this podcast with three things. First things first. When it comes to Casey, there's a lot of places, a lot of things you're going to want to find. Of course, everything with the Wonder Years. And yes, this this podcast will come out during that tour. So make sure you go and see him on tour because who doesn't want to go see the Wonder Years? You also want to follow along with the Record Process podcast as well because... I mean, season four coming out, you're not going to miss out on it. I listened to a couple from season three, and I'm a little jealous because you had Chris number two from Anti-Flag, and I'm like, I've always wanted to talk to that guy. So he did. He is like, a oh. he is a great friend. What a what a lovely, lovely human being. I almost brought up Anti-Flag. They're a great example of so many of the things that we discuss here um, today, and and I um, I truly value him as both an individual and as a bass player. So. Say so that when it comes to the punk rock side of things, I definitely wore the wrong punk rock shirt today, but oh well, it's my Rise Again. It's one of my Rise Again shirts, so I'm still sticking with the, I'm still feeling good about that. But also when it comes to Casey, there's also his website, everywhere you can find him on social media. Instead of having to look all that stuff up yourself and have to be like, I got to remember where all this stuff is, I'm going to do all the heavy lifting. Description of the podcast, say find Casey Cavalier online. There's going to be links and labels for literally everything you could possibly want. So you're going to know where you're going to go. Click on the link. Hit the follow, share, subscribe, listen, whatever button. Buy those, buy some merch from one ears, buy concert tickets, whatever it might be. It's all down there for you. 
Now, case is time for number two. Never a guest of the podcast. I always make a certain promise so as a way to say thank you and a way to say I'd love to continue to support you in the future. Everyone hits on this, and this conversation definitely falls into that. So the promise is when, not an if, when. When implies it's going to happen. We just don't know what when yet or what day or time. So when I get to perform live for the first time, my friend, my promise to you is this. I know you got a beer down there. First round's on me. Ah, well, that's very nice. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I'm, was there a question in there? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Uh, that's great. I, I was expecting a question, but uh, that's very kind. And I, I appreciate uh, the the lovely invitation um, to come chop it up on the show. Um, uh, I wish you the best of luck in 23 with continuing the show and all your um, all your goals and, and trying to optimize. And yeah, I mean, take a take the artist approach to what you're putting out into the universe, dude. I, uh, I, I truly commend you for for keeping at it, you know? Oh, that is the plan. Thank you very much. And keep it up with everything with the record process. Keep kicking ass with the Wonder Years. And now I cannot end this podcast by saying goodbye for two main reasons. One, I made you a promise and I'm going to keep that promise. Secondly, I do not want to be the only time I've had you on the podcast because this was an absolute blast. I felt like we'd go for another two hours at least because there's just so much we go into. I'd love to have you back on the show once again. So I can't end this by saying goodbye, Casey. That's way too final. So we're going to end it by saying this. I'll see you later. I will see you later, sir. Well, folks, this is my interview with Casey Cavalier from the Wander Years, from True Level Studio, from the Record Process Podcast, artist, coach, and music consultant. Before we close up this podcast, I want to end this, of course, with Kevin's final thoughts. So, a lot of things that Casey brought up in this podcast are not only viable for musicians, but viable for any creative. The thing he said about content being an extension of your art and being art itself and take away from just the thought of content creation where it sounds so much more formal like is such an important thing for us to remember because yeah we we don't want to take away from our passion our passion is the art our passion is making the art if we think of like creating this content for all these social platforms as unique in a unique way as an extension of our art as a supplement to our art as a piece of art itself it's going to help us go out further. And then the give, 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 ask kind of motto of it. There's a lot of great stuff that Casey put in here. And I'm using some of this myself as well because taking a look at some of the metrics I had last year, yeah, some of the metrics were great. But there were some things that I wasn't working out very well on. And so I ended up going to get coaching myself on this. I mean, I'm not perfect. And I had to admit that to myself. And getting the help I need is going to be something that helps out the podcast. And just hearing what Casey had brought up as well. I mean, there, there's a lot of places that and people that are going to say they can do things for you and then sell you a bag of goods that you don't want, kind of the snake oil style. You know who gets involved in some of that stuff? A lot of people do. A lot of people fall in that trap and a lot of people learn the hard way. It's not a death sentence. You want to know how I know that's not a death sentence and not and that it happens to a lot of people and that sometimes you end up going through that even though you don't want to, but you do? myself i'm i I've, I've had that happen to me too i have myself to blame but now i'm trying to fix it and trying to do better but there's so many things that he brought brought up and with his presentation of it he's giving not only the what but he's also giving the why and the context behind everything that he's saying he's giving you the understanding of what is going on and man and when it, if you are not following casey right now and like taking a look at what he's able to do. If you're, if you're a young artist and you're trying to figure out stuff, go and just look at what Casey has, especially online. I mean, there's so much there that even I can take a lot of, what's the word? 
inspiration from and a lot of it's essentially a lot of coaching from i mean this was a fantastic podcast even when i take a look at like the metrics i mean i love looking at the uh i love looking at the audio breakdown because there's like portion for me portion for casey and it's so much larger and i'm like i'm loving this because he gave so much value on this podcast that i'm just astounded by it and there's stuff for you to take especially when it comes to being a growing member of a band when it tries it comes to growing your band yes you're going to want to be that Swiss army knife that can do a bunch of different things because maybe become really good at making different TikTok videos. Maybe become really good at making Instagram posts for your band. Lean into it, make it happen and make it fun for yourself and give yourself that identity, create that community. And you won't go wrong. Give, 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 ask. Like Gary Vee said, jab, 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 right hook. All right. When it comes to Casey, when it comes to finding all the stuff online again, himself, all the coaching and music consultants of the record process podcast. I suggest listening to one with Chris number two from anti-flag. You know, I like anti-flag. That one is incredible. Also a person mixer, true level studio and lead guitarist. The wonders you want to find all about all this stuff. With them. Plus the wonders are going to be on tour when this comes out. So go and go see them live. All the links for everything in the description of the podcast under find Casey Cavalier online. You're going to see links and labels for everything. And even in those links and labels, I'll include what it's for, whether it's the Wonder Years, whether it's for Casey himself, or whether it's for the Record uh, Process Podcast. There's going to be a lot of stuff there for you, so go and give him a follow because you do not want to miss out on anything that he's going to give you because there's so much value here. It will. You want to know what the cost of this value is? Nothing. It's free. So pick up on the value. There's so much value you get. I mean, this is 100% return right here. Also, make sure you follow along with the Core Progression Podcast, Facebook, Spotify, or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, for me pleasure, because we have a lot of different types of cut-ups of these stuff. We post a lot of different things on there as well to get you engaged. We talk to you guys a lot on there so you can respond to us on a lot of different things. We'll comment back. We'll get in a great conversation. And we go live every single Wednesday night on Instagram at 9 p.m. Central time, unless met like a concert or something. So go make sure you're following Instagram on that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube so you can watch it or listen to Spotify, podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or wherever else we are. So please, please, please do that. And I want to thank you for that. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness, for sponsoring the podcast. Stuff. And yep, that's it. 20% off using the code CPP20 at checkoutexit.com. Description of the podcast. Thank you, Casey, once again. I'm looking forward to the day I can have you back in the podcast because if we do another one of these, it's going to be an absolute barn burner. You're not going to want to miss out on it, everybody. So make sure you're getting ready for that. Thank you, Casey. And on that note, that's going to be for you guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Card Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See you all. Yeah.